You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr, and tonight is the NBA Draft, and if you want a place to watch it, the Locked On Network has you covered. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft hosts Rafael Barlow and John Corrales are going to be live tonight covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is Thursday, July 29th, and it is officially NBA Draft Day. And we are going to witness history tonight. For the first time in Gonzaga school history, three players are going to be selected in the NBA Draft with a fourth in Philip Petrushev also in the mix. Jalen Suggs, he's going to be the second Gonzaga player ever to be picked in the top five. And if Corey Kisper gets his name selected in the lottery, which it sounds like he probably will, It's going to be the first time in program history with two lottery picks in the same draft. And what's crazy about all of this is that it may start becoming the norm for Gonzaga. Chet Holmgren already being mocked in the top three for the 2022 NBA draft. Draft boards already have Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas as potential top 20 picks over the next two years. Gonzaga fans, I would imagine, are going to be watching the NBA draft on a yearly basis with actual interests like never before. And it starts tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific. The NBA draft is going to be on ABC and ESPN. And of course, you can watch our live coverage uh, with Locked On Network on YouTube with Chad Ford and all of our Locked On NBA draft experts. Today on this show, we are leading you into that draft by wrapping up our Gonzaga-centric NBA draft profiles with Jalen Suggs. His strengths, his weaknesses, and where he's likely going to end up being picked tonight. Of course, we're going to continue our Path to Playing Time series as well with some words on Melody Kempton from the women's team. Before we get to all of that, some news and notes from around Wednesday, and we're going to start with the big one, and that is Rui Hachimura because he was absolutely unbelievable in the game against Slovenia last night. The game was billed as Rui Hachimura against Luka Doncic, and neither one of those two guys disappointed. Slovenia led at halftime 51-38, to Rui Hachimura had 17 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Luka Doncic had 15 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Neither player had a turnover. Unbelievable numbers, and those numbers continued into the second half. The two players combined for 0 turnovers in the game. Unfortunately for Japan, they just don't have uh, enough talent outside of Rui Hachimura and Yuto Watanabe. Uh, And Slovenia is a much deeper team and one team that could actually give the United States some fits if they were to meet in bracket play. Japan kept the game somewhat close. It was pretty much 10 to 15 points for the majority of the game. And then Slovenia kind of took over in the final six to eight minutes and they pulled away 116 to 81. But Rui Hachimura was the star of the night. He scored 34 points and his NBA career high is 30. So 
Uh, I'm sure he's probably had a, a larger career high in an international event at some point, but still 34 points on 13 of 28 shooting. He was actually much more efficient until the, the fourth quarter when he kind of tried to take over and missed a few shots. So 13 of 28 shooting, 34 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, zero turnovers. And it would have been very, very cool to have uh, the hometown crowd in attendance. But unfortunately, with COVID, uh, very, very, very limited spectators there. And on the other side, Luka Doncic finished with 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. And Luka does what Luka wants to do on the basketball court. He is an absolutely phenomenal talent. So now Japan is 0-2 in pool play. And they've got one game left. And it's going to be against Argentina on Saturday night. If they lose that game, they are done. If they win that game, they've got a small chance of making bracket play. Um, the top eight teams make it. It's the top one and two. Basically, the top two seeds in all three pools make it automatically, and then they take the top two remaining wildcard teams, essentially, uh, as the seven and eight seeds. So uh, Japan needs a win, and they need a little bit of help in order to make bracket play. That last game against Argentina for Japan is coming up Saturday night. Again, that game is going to be at 9.40 p.m., just like uh, last night's game was. And then three other things I want to talk about non-Olympic related. Uh, Number one is something to watch tonight in the NBA draft, and that's Brandon Clark. There's a rumor that came out Wednesday morning that Brandon Clark is a potential trade chip for the Memphis Grizzlies on draft night. He had a very, very up and down second season in the NBA. He was fantastic as a rookie. He still has plenty of talent. He's still young enough to impact a team for a very long time. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Memphis Grizzlies do indeed go away from Brandon Clark uh, in order to maybe upgrade at a different position. But Brandon Clark is still a very, very valuable NBA player, and he's going to be uh, making some team very happy if he does leave Memphis. And then two last things here, and that's Jeff Borzello over at ESPN released his latest top 25 uh, for the 21-22 season. Of course, he's got Gonzaga at number one. The interesting thing with him, and I believe John Rothstein has the same thing, but his projected starting lineup has Nolan Hickman, Andrew Nemhart, Hunter Salas, Chet Holmgren, and Drew Timmy starting. So that's all three freshmen, Hickman, Salas, and Chet Holmgren in the starting five, and I really, really doubt that all three of those guys are going to start. You might only get Chad Holmgren, to be honest with you. I think Hickman and Salas more than likely are going to come off the bench. So it's interesting that so many different experts have uh, that as their starting lineup because I think most people uh, around the program think otherwise. But the other schools I wanted to mention here is UCLA. He's got UCLA in at number three. Some of the other non-conference opponents for Gonzaga. He's got the Texas Longhorns, Gonzaga's first big opponent on November 13th at home in the McCarthy Athletic Center. The first big game with fans back in the kennel. He's got Texas in at number five. He's got the Duke Blue Devils in at number 10. So that's three top 10 teams, according to Jeff Borzello, that Gonzaga will face in the first three weeks of the season. And then he's got Alabama, who Gonzaga will face in Seattle. He's got them in at number 15. And then rounding it out, he's got Texas Tech in his top 25, just barely in at number 24 after the return of Terrence Shannon Jr. to the Red Raiders. So that's five top 25 teams for Gonzaga, four of them in the top 15, and three of them in the top 10. It is going to be an absolutely grueling non-conference schedule for Gonzaga as long as all these non-conference teams actually live up to these high expectations. And then the last piece of news here is WCC-related, and that's the Pepperdine Waves have signed Maxwell Lewis uh, coming into their freshman class this season. Maxwell Lewis is a four-star wing, and he's the second highest-rated recruit in school history. And he was actually 
a 2020 recruit, but he decided to opt out of college and prepare himself for the NBA draft. Turns out he wasn't ready for the NBA draft, and he's going to start college a year late. Pepperdine swooped in, and they grabbed him. So Maxwell Lewis is going to be going to Pepperdine this year, and that is an absolutely fantastic get for the Waves, especially this late in the offseason. So I think Maxwell Lewis is going to basically slot in in that starting lineup right away. Obviously, they're losing uh, Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards, which are two enormous losses. But I don't think the cupboard is bare for that program. They brought in Bron Hartfield, who was a double-figure scorer and the leading scorer for San Diego a couple years ago. They brought in Keith Fisher, uh, who was a double-figure scorer back in San Jose State a few years back. And then they've got a couple good returners in Jade Smith. they got Victor Obioha, Jan Zedek. And then I really like um, their, their two big freshmen here, and that's Maxwell Lewis and Mike Mitchell. So I'm not sure exactly where Pepperdine is going to be this year. They're probably going to be in that, that you know the bottom four or so. But I really do like the future pieces uh, of the Pepperdine Waves, assuming that Lorenzo Romar can coach them up uh, and kind of reach their maximum potential. Okay, that is going to do it for the news and notes. Coming up, we are talking about Jalen Suggs. One final breakdown of his NBA draft hopes. Is he a lock for the Toronto Raptors or is someone else going to trade up and grab him? We are going to discuss all of the possibilities here in just a minute. First, today's episode is being sponsored by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Jalen Suggs is going to be remembered by Gonzaga fans for many, many things uh, in his one year in Spokane. His shot against UCLA, of course, but his competitiveness is up there. His unselfish nature, his highlight reel passes and dunks. And his overall just will to win. And now we're going to get to watch him thrive in the NBA. He's going to be one of the first five names selected tonight. And he's going to join Adam Morrison as the only top five picks in Gonzaga history. We all know his background at this point, uh, but I'll kind of go through it quickly. He comes from an insanely talented athletic family. His cousin was Terrell Suggs. He played in the NFL. He's got another cousin named Eddie Jones who played in the NBA. And then his dad, Larry Suggs, a high-level athlete, and he coached Jalen over at Minnehaha Academy in Minnesota. Jalen Suggs, of course, was named the Minnesota State Player of the Year in both football and in basketball. And it's been interesting to listen to Jalen talk to the media the last couple days because he talked about really the last two years, um, and more specifically the last 18 months, the only time in his entire life where he's got to focus on just basketball. Uh, he said basically he devoted five months to other stuff, and now he gets to focus 100% of his athletic energy to just basketball. So imagine where his ceiling is going to be able to go 
with just all of this dedication to this singular sport. And if there's one guy that I would bet on in this draft class to be a multi-time all-star, it's going to be Jalen Suggs. Before he got to Gonzaga, he was McDonald's All-American. He won gold medals for the United States in both the U-17 and U-19 World Championships. He's been a winner basically his entire life, and he brought that winning nature to Gonzaga. And now he's going to bring it to the NBA. At Gonzaga, his numbers didn't necessarily jump off the page uh, if you're just from a statistical standpoint, if you're comparing them to other perimeter prospects who scored, you know, closer to 20 points a night. But Jalen Sucks had 14.4 points, 5.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 1.9 steals. But if you dig a little bit deeper, what he did in Spokane was historic. He is the only player in Mark Few's tenure, almost 25 years in Spokane, the only guy to average 14 points, five rebounds, four assists, while shooting above 50% from the field in a season. Jalen Suggs, the only guy who's ever done that in Mark Few's tenure in Spokane. Nobody else has done it in a Gonzaga uniform. The only one that was close was Nigel Williams-Goss, but he shot 48%. Jalen Suggs does everything to help his team win basketball games. And so much so that he, you know, he took a historic performance from Baylor to give Gonzaga their only loss of the season in that national championship. He's a second-team All-American, first-team All-WCC, and he was the most outstanding player in the WCC tournament after his, uh, you know, clutch performance against BYU after hitting those couple late threes. When Gonzaga needed somebody to score the ball late in games, it was Jalen Suggs. So let's talk about his strengths because there are a lot of them. He's got fantastic size for a point guard and a lead creator at six foot four, two hundred five pounds. He's strong as hell, but he's also quick enough to drive by defenders. He's an explosive driver. He's got a fantastic first step, but he does it in a way where he maintains body control really, really well, and that allows him to finish at the rim in a variety of ways. And we saw that all season long with some of the crazy finishes he had in the half court. I think he's the smartest ball screen decision maker in this draft. He understands angles. He can change pace really well. And he reads defenses probably better than anyone else in this class as well. Something that his football background most certainly helped him with. But so did his time at Gonzaga because Gonzaga runs such a ball screen heavy offense where they're essentially taught to read the tag defender and make decisions off of that. In terms of shooting, He's actually better off the dribble than he is as a catch-and-shoot guy, which is kind of the opposite from most players. His step-back jumper is one of the better ones in the draft class. He might even be better in transition than he is in the half court. He is absolutely lethal when he gets into open space, but he's also fantastic at finding open teammates down the floor, as we saw many times uh, in his one season in Spokane with all of his long-range passing. One of the things he understands really, really well in transition is where his teammates are, and sometimes more importantly, he anticipates where they're going to be. At Gonzaga, he and Corey Kispert formed arguably the most deadly transition pair in America, and a lot of that was because of Jalen Suggs. He's just so damn good at flattening the defense, knowing that Corey Kispert was going to be trailing at the wing behind him, and he hit him for open threes, and he's going to be able to do that in the NBA really, really well because he's going to have more elite shooters on the roster than just one guy uh, that Gonzaga had in Corey Kispert. 
On the defensive end, his style of play, I think, is going to be really, really awesome in the NBA. He's extremely aggressive as an individual defender because he uses his physicality really well to get in guys, and then he uses his hands to get deflections and steals all the time. Just like on the offensive end, he's really, really good at anticipating plays. His basketball IQ is really just off the charts. He jumps passing lanes all the time for easy layups, and he reads plays well enough to rotate in help side and is able to disrupt shots at the rim. I've said this, I think, plenty of times on this podcast now, but on both ends of the court, I think Jalen Suggs has the highest floor of any player in this draft, maybe outside of Cade Cunningham, but you might even argue that he's got a higher floor than Cade Cunningham does as well. His biggest weakness is just shooting the ball consistently. He had a game against Iowa, as we all remember, where he hit seven threes, but then he had other stretches during the season where he would go like two for 15 or something over four games. But his shooting form is actually really good. Uh, So it feels like it's just kind of a matter of reps before he comes more consistent. But I don't know necessarily if he's going to ever become like a 40% shooter. I think he's more of a mid-30s guy uh, throughout his career, which is totally respectable. He's just not going to be an elite three-point shooter. He also has to relax a little bit on his high-risk passing. He tried to fit in a lot of passes inside of incredibly small windows During his time at Gonzaga, it led to kind of a higher turnover rate than was necessary. Um, And he also doesn't really have the widest array of ball handling moves yet. I think he's pretty reliant on crossovers, which is fine because, you know, his crossover is really, really good and he changes speed with it. Um, But kind of a better handle and a variety of moves will certainly increase his ceiling in the NBA. And then defensively, that aggressiveness that I just talked about, it often leads to him gambling and any miss on a gamble in the NBA leads to a five on four situation that more often than not is going to get converted more so in the NBA than it did in college. But I will say in today's NBA kind of on the flip side of that is I don't really have a problem with that kind of aggressiveness because in, in today's NBA um, you know, there's are not a ton of elite level one-on-one defenders. A lot of it is based on gambling and defense um, and trying to, you know, get those steals and deflections and get out and run. Um, So, but I would say that it's still definitely something to watch um, is his, uh, you know, tendency to gamble a little bit too much. Overall, Jalen Suggs, the ideal lead guard for the modern day basketball. He has size, he's got the quickness, and he's got an elite level IQ, especially in ball screens. His track record of winning literally everywhere he goes should be very, very attractive to every single team in the NBA. And in the biggest moments of Gonzaga's season this year, it was always, always, always Jalen Suggs coming up in the clutch. So now the question is, where does he go next? The answer, in all likelihood, is going to be Toronto at number four tonight in the draft. And there's been some question on whether Houston would take him at number two, but Jalen Suggs said on Tuesday when he talked to the media that he hasn't even been in contact or worked out with the Rockets, which leads everyone to believe that Houston is pretty content with taking Jalen Green at that number two spot. The other more interesting rumor that's been floating around for a little while now is the potential trade match between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. The Warriors really like Jalen Suggs, and they've been connected on a possible deal for Pascal Siakam for a couple of weeks now. So it's possible that Golden State uses their two first-round draft picks, because they have number 7 and number 14, that they package uh, those two picks to trade up and get Jalen Suggs, which would be really, really interesting to have Jalen Suggs play 
with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But in all likelihood, he's going to end up in Toronto. I would say there's probably an 80% chance that nothing wild happens uh, on draft night with this spot. And Toronto, I think, is a fantastic fit for Jalen Suggs. He can fit in right away for the departing Kyle Lowry, and he can play right alongside Fred Van Fleet and OG Ananobi. Toronto's got a history uh, of developing players. Players really seem to enjoy uh, playing in Toronto. And then on Tuesday, Jalen talked about the Raptors when speaking to the media, and he shared that he thinks the talent of the player development staff for the Toronto Raptors is off the charts. And he said he would love to be part of that program uh, to help hone his craft. In Toronto, if you remember, they're not far removed from winning an NBA title. They won the thing like three years ago. They have a lot of talent still on that roster. They were just dealt a ton of injuries. They faltered down the stretch of this season. And they played their entire year away from home because of COVID. The Raptors seem like uh, a pretty easy bounce back candidate for next season. And I think Jalen Suggs is going to be a big reason why. Playing alongside Fran Van Fleet means he doesn't have to do everything himself right from the get-go. His expectations don't have to be a franchise-altering player. He could just go in and be Jalen Suggs, the elite point guard and the ultimate winner. Okay, coming up, we continue our Path to Playing Time series as we head back to the women's side and we talk about Melody Kempton. Someone who does a ton of the dirty work for Gonzaga as a sixth man, but should be getting a larger role this coming season. Today's episode being brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and football season is right around the corner. Training camp is now underway, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code Locked On. Okay, we're moving back to the women's side today, talking about our path to playing time series, and let's talk about Melody Kempton. Melody Kempton has been a fantastic role player for Gonzaga her first three seasons on campus. She's been one of their leading offensive rebounders the last two years. She runs the court really, really well, and she's pretty much as scrappy as it gets. If you there's, there's one word that describes Melody Kempton, it's it's scrappy or it's grit. Um, you know any kind of those synonyms. This past season, she took home the first ever WCC Sixth Woman of the Year award after she averaged six and a half points while shooting 60% from the field. And now, coming into next season, the two players in front of her in the pecking order are gone. Jen and Leanne Wirth, the two starting forwards, both graduated. Now Melody Kempton, it's her senior year, and she is going to be relied upon for that kind of senior leadership. So her path to playing time, become a double-figure scorer. The last two seasons, she's averaged right around seven points a night in 20 minutes of action. In all likelihood, she's going to step into the starting lineup and she's going to get closer to 30 minutes this season, which means plenty more opportunities to score, especially since Lisa Fortier loves, loves, loves playing through the post. With her incredibly high efficiency numbers inside the arc, it makes all the sense in the world for Melody Kempton to become one of the double-figure scores that Gonzaga desperately needs after all their top scorers from last year graduated. 
As I mentioned, I think she does two things really, really well for Gonzaga. She runs the court probably better than anyone on the team. She gets seemingly one easy layup in transition every single game. The other thing she does so well is she scraps for loose balls. And one of those ways is through offensive rebounds. And with all those offensive rebounds come a lot of free throw attempts on second chance putbacks. She led the team in free throw attempts two years ago, and she was third on the team in that stat last year. And one of her points of emphasis after her sophomore year, the the offseason between sophomore and junior season, was to become a better free throw shooter because she knew how often she got to the foul line. As a sophomore, she shot a very below average 59%. This past year as a junior, that rose to a little bit more respectable 67%. And now, as a senior, I would imagine the goal is to get that into the 70s. And if she does that, if she continues to run the court, she continues to be efficient at the rim, we could be looking at one of the leading scorers on the roster next season. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow for another Gonzaga Five Star Friday, and we are going to recap the NBA draft. No interviews tomorrow. We're just breaking down what happens with all four Gonzaga players and any other moves that potentially involve Zags in the NBA. We may also hear from Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert if they have any interesting quotes in their post-draft press conferences. We'll also preview Rui Hachimura's third game of the Olympics coming up over the weekend and kind of lay out what needs to happen for them to get to bracket play. If you want one last NBA mock draft to lead you into tonight's NBA draft, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. It features analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, alongside Odyssey NBA expert Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. It is the perfect way to get ready for tonight's draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts made selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also write and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. Follow me on Twitter at escargo. You can follow podcasts on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with anything you want to say, including questions or ideas you want me to talk about, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy the draft tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning to break it all down. It is a great day to be a Zag.